powerful content podcast, your go-to source for content creation, strategy, and business inspiration. I'm your host, Mel Daniels, content strategist, coach, and speaker, empowering women across the globe to grow their business with powerful content that connects, nurtures, and converts. So if you're ready to create standout content that gets you noticed and remembered or build an aligned audience who love you and are ready to buy from you, you're in the right place. I believe that content has the power to connect us all. It's up to you how you use it. Listen in for genuine and insightful chats with guests, as well as practical tools and strategies from me. It's so lovely to have you here. Let's dive into the show. Hello, hello, beautiful people, and welcome to episode 21 of the Powerful Content Podcast. Today, we're talking niching. Whether you feel confident with yours or not, I know that today's episode with Jessica Osborne is going to be one worth hanging around for. So who is Jessica? Jessica is a business coach, a podcast host, and author who is all about business that puts family and lifestyle first. She turned her 20-year marketing career into a part-time business focused on helping other professional women leave behind the restrictive nine-to-five and have the fulfillment and flexible lifestyle they crave. Growing two online service businesses while juggling the demands of motherhood, she mastered a less work, more life style of strategy that leads to faster, easier growth without succumbing to the hustle hard mentality, which I love. Jessica shares her strategic formulas for simple, profitable service-based businesses through her online coaching program, Business Jam. Welcome to the podcast, Jessica. Oh, thank you, Mel. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited to be here. Awesome. Now, when we get together, I know that we love to chat. We just <laughs> have so much in common in terms of the marketing and the content marketing. So I'm going to dive straight into this episode today, Jessica. Mm-hmm. Let's start with the term niche. What the hell is it and why do we even need it? Mm, Great question. Um, Niche is one of those words that I think a lot of people um, try to run away from. Yes, (laughs) they do. Someone says it, it's like, ah, run for the hills, (laughs) quick. Um, So it's, you know, I I guess the first thing is let's not find it scary (laughs) to begin with. It doesn't have to be scary. Niche really means um, definition. So We've got, um, I'm always a very visual person. I like to think of it in like concentric circles. If you have your biggest circle, it's like the whole market. And then the next one down is probably like your market segment, the area that you're playing in. And then we go down a bit more and you've defined that. And your niche is really in the middle of all of that. So come down a few more layers. Mm -hmm. It's your sweet spot. Now, that doesn't mean that you're not playing in the whole market. You are, but it's about trying to define where you're playing in that market, because none of us can actually take on the entire market, serve it all, (laughs) serve everybody in it and be everything to everybody. Like that's just not possible. So Mm. it's about like getting clear and, and having that clarity on where is it that you're playing in your market? What is your sweet spot? Who are you there to serve? Um, And who are you there to help best? It's not about who like who can you help because you could probably help everyone in your market Mm. and it's not 
as we just mentioned, like that's that's not realistic. So let's look at who do we really want to, to help best? Who are we there to serve? Yeah, I think that's a great definition as well, because I think that we all have stories of when we first started out in business, how we tried to really serve everybody. And the flip side of that is when we try to serve everybody, we end up really helping nobody, do we? Yeah. <laughs> It makes it really hard. And like, why do we want to make things hard on ourselves? Um, mm. it's, it makes life difficult when you're just sort of there wait, waiting for someone to come to you and pick you, um, you know, and then you're like, well, tell me how I can help. I'll help you with anything. You know, it's like, we've got to get out of that. That's really a hangover from the employee days. Um, you know, maybe you're still an employee and you're starting a business. And that's okay. Um, it, it, there's a different way of looking at your business than how you look at yourself as an employee in an organization. So there's a big shift that we've got to make there from as an employee, you know, your role in that company is to do what people ask you to do. <laughs> like they've hired you and your role is to deliver what they ask. And, you know, of course we have a job description, but how often did your role morph outside of that job description? And you'd end up with other projects and things that you're doing, which is fun and interesting and you know it was great but your value as an employee is often about you know how broad are your skill sets what what could this company use you for like they brought you into the company as an asset like what could they potentially get out of you right so that's kind of your value as an employee but as a business owner you try to do that in the business world and you're literally just creating a job for yourself and I'm sure that you didn't go into business to become an employee of many many bosses <laughs> <laughs> to have less flexibility, less time, all of that kind of stuff, um, and just be continually serving those people, you know, to the different deadlines and needs that they have, you know, there's a real shift you can take in actually taking the lead in your business. So defining what it is that you do, defining where you play, where you don't play, and actually being that trusted advisor, being that respected authority in your space, which means that as a service provider, you can charge an appropriate amount, you know, for what it is that you're offering and, and not feel like you've got to be scrapping around at the bottom of the market with an hourly rate that is, you know, maybe similar to what you have as an employee. Yeah. And we definitely don't want that. So if there are so many benefits to actually thinking about what our niche is and defining our niche, um, Jessica, how, why do you think that we don't do it? Or why do we just not step into that? Because if we, you know, you spoke about being the go-to expert, like everyone wants to be that. So why don't we step into owning our niche? Great question. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a lot of fear, really. Um, and our, our fear often presents as logic. And usually we haven't really examined those thoughts when they're happening. So we're kind of just taking it at face value and, and going with what feels, <laughs> feels right and feels sensible. So for an example, when someone's thinking about niching, they're thinking, well, I'm leaving out all these people I could help, which yes. means that I've got potentially less clients or less work. There's less opportunity for me. So they're looking at the lack there and not thinking about what it means when they have niched the people in that sweet spot who really need your help and who you're best suited to serve you're going to stand out to them like as the one for them which actually means that you will find it easier to get clients who have more opportunity coming across your plate because people can identify you um, so it's really when you break it down and look at both sides of that coin it mm. it the logic 
falls away mm. but it's our initial reaction to going narrower is it's feeling smaller and feeling like less and so we have this you know the brain kicks in going oh, risky risky don't do it don't do it run for the hills you know <laughs> Um, and it's very normal, natural. So, you know, we're laughing because this, we've all felt it. We've all yeah, been there. Definitely. And it's one of those things you've got to recognize it, be aware that you're doing it, recognize it, and then ask yourself, well, is that actually true? How many clients do I really need anyway? Like, what am I thinking that I need to serve the entire market? Like, I need to be open for absolutely anyone to, to, to potentially come along. Well, you can do that. It's just a lot harder. Yeah, <laughs> it's like yeah. a lot slower, a lot harder. So it's like you want to make life easier for yourself, then getting more specific um, helps you do that. That is such an amazing piece of advice. I love that right there, Jessica. The fact that we are so fearful of what we believe is decreasing the amount of people that we can um, actually serve. But in doing so, we then become so targeted and so um, beautifully aligned with those people inside of the niche that they are more likely to actually want to work with us. Mm. So my, my question to you then, Jessica, is, Around actual that actual process of niching, what are the types of things that we can ask ourselves or how do we actually go about finding our niche? Mm, good question. So um, think of it like an onion and you're going to peel back the layers. So yep. it's not one thing that you can ask and just go, right, it's nailed. Um, and it's generally a bit of a process. So what I find is often you'll be able to peel back a few layers. You might have to sit with that for a bit and kind of figure out where the next layer is. Um, so it's a, it's an evolution and don't feel like, oh, I've got to get it perfect first go and then it's mm. done. Um, it will evolve over time as well. So, you know, some of the questions um, that you might want to start asking yourself is, okay, well, where is the spot in my market where I feel like I have the most expertise? Um you know, what is, where, what would I win an award for? What, what would I be that one that's like, literally, I know that I'm awesome. <laughs> you know? And like, yes, you can be not modest with yourself. It's just you talking to you here. So you can kind of like, don't worry about the modesty thing. Like, what, what are you awesome at? Um, that can help to start to, to define something. So you've got those first layers there. You know, what is it not? So I love to ask the negative question. Like what, if I'm looking at how I'm defining that, so you've got those few layers off and you've kind of written out a bit of a definition of where you're at. Look at that and then go, okay, so of what all of those things that encompass this description, what is it not? Are there any layers now that I can peel off? I can actually go, but it's not that and it's not that. So then we can narrow down again and get more specific. It's often not really narrowing down. Like this process is really about being more specific so when you say something and you tell somebody they get it they get what it is and what it isn't um so the more clear we can be and more specific we can be then the sharper idea somebody gets when you tell them this is what i do so what is it not who is it not <laughs> who am i not there to serve who who you know who could you serve but you actually are like well they're not going to be the best fit for me for whatever reason you know and you can be totally ruthless there are millions and millions and millions of businesses out there that fall into every market so don't worry about that like actually get really clear like, who do you want to work with because they're going to be your best clients they're going to be the ones that you get the best results with which is a win for them and a win for you you know you don't want to be working with people who aren't a good fit for you because it's not going to be a win-win. It, it's going to end up being 
not a great experience probably um, when you do that. And trust me, I've been there, done that. I've said yes to people who were not probably the right fit Ooh, and then I've yes. always regretted it. Yes. <laughs> nodding away there. Yes, absolutely. My goodness me. And I think that a lot of us have that experience as well, Jessica, in terms of <laughs> Sometimes we have to work with people, don't we, to find out the people that we don't want to work yeah. with. Yeah. <laughs> it's very, very clear, very quickly who that is and isn't. So I love that process of peeling back the onion and deciding who you are for and who you're not for. Besides actually working with people and like testing and trialing it out, how can we actually figure out who we want to work with? You mm-hmm. mentioned that that was, you know, part of this peeling back of the onion, but um, how do we know? How do we know that? Look, I think this is um, dive into yourself, like really kind of explore you and what you know about yourself and your personality, what you like, what you don't like, you know, start there. We're all going to be different. But to give you an example, because I know that that, that's kind of talking in theory there and it's a bit hard to get the the idea. When I first started this business and I was in that place, like, right, I've got a blank sheet of paper here. You know, what am I doing? Who am I going to help? I was at the time, I had a a newborn at home. So I had a toddler, I had a newborn and I'd started the business because I didn't want to go back to my nine to five corporate job. I wanted flexible working. And I knew that while I was going to be able to offer services, you know, I was starting off with coaching, they'd be able to book in sessions. Like I designed the business to work for me with how I actually wanted to operate. And it was the same in choosing who I was going to work with. Mm. Like I want to, I do not want to work with someone who's going to expect me to be online between the hours of nine to five. I don't want someone who's going to be rigid and annoyed if I've got to shift something because, oh my God, you know, babies just come down with hand, foot and mouth and we've got to go to the doctor or whatever, you know, whatever's gone on, as you know, as a mum, like you never know, there's the unexpected, right? So I thought, well, the easy solution for that is to work with other mums, <laughs> other women who, who are mums who mm. get it. Like they're mm. going to be in the same boat and we can both be flexible with each other. Like it's, mm. that's not a, a big issue at all. Um, when both people completely understand it, it's so easy to just reschedule a session. Like who cares, you know, not an issue. Mm. Um, so, you know, for me, it was about choosing the clients that were going to work with me the way I wanted to work and it was going to suit me in my business, Um, you know, and there's a number of other factors I went through, but I thought that was probably a really easy one just to kind of get a feel for what the kind of things you might think about, you know, the way that you want to work actually comes into who you want to work with because certain businesses and business owners will have expectations and they may not be a good fit for you. Yeah, absolutely. And it really goes back to that thing that you said at the beginning of this episode, Jessica, around the employee attitude versus the CEO attitude, isn't it? So it's more about who do I want to work with and how do I want to work and how can my business help to support that as well? Yeah, yeah. And it's, you know, sometimes we just got to be okay with we're not going to help everybody that we possibly could help. There will be people out there who, yes, we could help them, but for whatever reason, we're not going to be the best fit to work together. And that's okay. There are other 
suppliers out there they it's not that they'll be floating around with no help <laughs> it's like they will find someone who fits well with them and we don't have to be the best fit for everyone so we're not going to try to be a chameleon and be completely changing our colors every moment to be the, the best fit for the next person for the next person for the next person it's like well the amount of energy and time that goes into that and trust me I see people trying to do that they're like constantly trying to be the right person for the next mm. client it's like mm. well it's very exhausting to do that. Um, you know, you know, think about what that is and are you really being true to yourself and being within integrity because you it, you can put in a bit of effort to be a certain way at the beginning, but you will always fall into your natural rhythm and natural way of being and working. Mm-hmm. So it's just best to be really open, upfront and honest with this is how I work and this is this is me and attract the right people. So to give another example of that, like I had a, um, a call with a client once, the potential client wasn't a real client, but he was like, oh, first it was a bloke and I <laughs> I do work with women. I say that, you know, I do have occasionally, you know, the right sort of guy comes along and like, okay, yeah, well, I'll accept you. But most of them are my instant no. Anyway, this guy got on the sales call with me and, and he's like, I really just need someone to keep me accountable to make sure that I'm doing my tasks. And I'm like, oh my God, he just wants a mother. I'm like, no, <laughs> this is not me. <laughs> Because I'm like, look, I'm I'm dealing with my own list. I'm I'm making sure I'm doing my things. I can't look after some other person. <laughs> I'm like, I don't need another child. So I kind of politely said to him, look, I don't think that we're going to be the right people to work together. <laughs> I think he was a little bit um, surprised actually that I said said no to him before he could even say yes. <laughs> <laughs> but isn't that great that um, you were able to say, say that? And like you said before, that it's not that he'll go out in the world now and he'll wander around because he doesn't have anyone to to keep him accountable there will be someone out there who is willing to do that willing to help him and willing to keep him accountable for what he wanted oh that's a great example I love that Jessica um okay so we've we've kind of talked around what a niche is how we can actually find it on a very very high level and I'd love to know why do we need it in terms of our marketing or our content marketing specifically? Mm-hmm. Great question. <laughs> I know that you love this one because it gets right into the whole content piece. Look, it's, uh, you know, if, if I'm going to describe it really quickly, it's probably the difference between having content that's sort of like, yeah, okay, <laughs> there's something out there to having something that someone's like, whoa, you blow my mind you're it's like you're watching me it's like you're inside my head and not just that but it's actually shifting them Mm -hmm. so there is no way you can have powerful content that shifts somebody if you have not defined your niche and know exactly who you're speaking to because it's absolutely impossible when you're generic when you've got a general idea like oh I help work with small business owners it's like you know what is that? There's a billion different types of small business owner. Is it the person who's got a takeaway shop down on the corner? Is it your lawyer who's, you know, working for themselves in a corporate office? Is it someone who's working from home? Like, you know, we have um, online service-based businesses, a course creator. There's a zillion small businesses. You only have to walk out your front door and you'll start seeing them. So that nothing you could say when you're talking to that broad range is going to be specific to any of them. <laughs> so it's not going to actually connect very hard to describe what it is that they're going through or give them a new perspective when you can't actually target the specific perspective they've got right now. Yeah, definitely. hundred percent, hundred percent agree. You know that I do, <laughs> Jessica. I think that if we uh, want to take that 
that journey with our ideal client from not knowing anything about us all the way through to becoming a raving fan, then we really do need Mm. to know exactly who that person is that we are talking to. Because if we can't even get them through that first hurdle, which is the connect phase, which is where, you know, you get to know each other and they get to be able to identify with you and what you do and who you are and what you stand for and all of that sort of stuff, then it's never going to work. You're never even going to get them to that point where they're going to consider even purchasing from you. So yeah, it's really important to be able to um, know who you're actually speaking to so you can create that powerful content that that does speak to them. From a higher level marketing perspective, though, Jessica, is there any other reason why we would really want to um, niche and use that in our marketing? Yes. <laughs> so, um, and you know, I know that you know that I'm going to say that everyone's like, no surprise there, but yes. Look, I... Over the years, and it's been about 24 years that I've been working in marketing in my life, so quite a long time, um, you know, I've tried and implemented and, you know, I even went to university. I know all the theory. I've done all the planning, the strategies. And when I was in this business and really starting to work with people, I kind of was like, I need to break this down and make it more simple because everyone's freaking out. about Marketing strategy, there's too much monkey chatter that's out there. There's all the stuff flying around our heads. What do we really need to do? How do we do it? And I'm like, look, there's really just five key things that go into your strategy and you need to have them all. Everyone has them all, whether they kind of know it or not. It's just that if you don't realize it, you'd probably Probably haven't got them very well defined. <laughs> so you everybody has these. You need to A have them, you need to define them, but they also need to be aligned. And that I think is the real um light bulb moment that I've had over the last, you know, probably five years mm. when I started reflecting back on, okay, well, I've had some crazy success before where, you know, startup company, brand new brand, it became the most well-known brand in its industry within five years from zero, you know, became a billion dollar company. Like what was it about that? That made it so successful. And when I started to like look back and see which brands I'd worked on that, you know, we had some insane success versus ones that it was just like, yeah, there were things trickling along and happening, but it was, you know, like it was always getting somewhere and doing something, but it wasn't powerful, wasn't a huge success. It was always about specificity and alignment. And the only way that you can have alignment is by being specific. You can't be non-specific and have alignment because what is it? What is the alignment? Like you're not you're trying to align two things that aren't clear. So you can't do that. So the alignment piece for me was a massive breakthrough. And this is then what I've built my coaching programs, like Business Jam. That is what it is. You get these five pieces of the strategy. And how to align them and how to get specific on each. The reason why, coming back to your question, why niche is so important is because it's the first domino to fall, essentially. Like we think about it like that. It is the first one. You've got to have that one in order to even define the others. You can't define. Like the second one is your pricing. So how are you going to price and package your services? How can you even do that if you don't know what your specific niche is, what it is your expertise is, and who specifically you are there to serve? Well, those two parts of your niche have a huge um, factor to play on how how you define your service. Like how do you know what you're going to deliver to that person for their need if you're not clear on exactly who they are, where they're at in their business, what it is they're struggling with right now, it's impossible. But people are doing what they're doing. They're trying to attack these things separately. So they're kind of like trying to define like an ideal customer over here. And like, you know, most people like, oh, I know what my expertise is like. Okay, 
you might know it, do other people know it? You know, I always ask that question, like, you know, are you really communicating it clearly? Then they come to the services and they go, okay, what shall I offer for a service? So they kind of forget about all their ideal customer niche. <laughs> they go off out to the market and start doing all this research to see like, what, do, what are competitors offering and what are their prices and what's everything happening externally? What? Tell me what you need. I'm like, you just, you <laughs> completely missed the whole point of the alignment there like your ideal customer will buy the service that's aligned to what they need not because that's what's out there on the market and 10 other people are doing it and you're trying to price you know slightly cheaper than them or you've added in a bit of extra value like that is completely the wrong way to do your your pricing and packaging and no wonder it's not selling when you're trying to sell it you know sorry I've got on my uh, little, little ranty, ranty right. rant, rant. you okay <laughs> but I'm very passionate about it gosh when you've got a service that is what that ideal customer wants you it's easy to sell like why are we making it hard for ourselves mm-hmm. um and it, it's like the other three as well so the the third one's like your brand and your messaging well clearly you can't have good brand and messaging if you don't know what your niche is that's not defined like you're going to have a bland boring brand and your messaging isn't going to connect so impossible to do that one um you know in your marketing system and your sales system which are pieces four and five they also you can't build them very easily without knowing your niche and what i find is so many people out there trying they're doing stuff like they're like oh i'm doing marketing like, yep, and you've skipped over these three really important pieces of your strategy. You know, marketing's number four in my system. Mm. Like, you've skipped three and you're trying to do number four without having done one, two, and three. Like, why do you think it's not working? <laughs> yeah. But I know that I'm laughing and like, why are they doing this? It's crazy. It, it's because obviously I've got that perspective because I've spent so long here. I'm not trying to put anyone down who's in number four. I'm just helping, hopefully, them make you aware if you are there doing marketing, you like, I'm, I'm out there, I've got a social media account and I'm doing this and doing that and all of these things and it's not working. Well, the answer isn't, I'm doing something wrong. I need to find another tactic. It's actually like, no, the answer is because we've skipped steps one, two, and three. Yes. <laughs> we need to come back. We need to come back and do those. And you can do it at any time. And, you know, sorry, I'm just finished. I know I'm talking a lot. <laughs> You know, this can happen. It's not just a new business. It can happen at any point in your business because you might have actually just evolved and got out of alignment. Your strategy might have morphed a bit. You might have, you know, you've evolved and what you're doing has changed. And it's like, well, if any time you're plateauing, anytime it's starting to feel hard, we need to come back, start with number one, start with niche, go, is this defined? Is it actually aligned? And are we clear on this is the right one for us right now? Because that's usually where we find the first, you know, I say it's the first domino to fall. I'm like, yeah. you know, if we get that right, the other pieces are much easier. Wow. So much there, Jessica, but I'm going to pull out a few little bits if I can. The first oh. is, I loved how you said that you need to be specific to be aligned. And I, if people only take one thing out of this episode today, I really want them to take that because that is such a powerful way of looking at your business as a whole, really, not just your marketing or your content mm. marketing, but everything like, and that when you just describe, you know, if you feel it, if it's feeling hard or if it's feeling a little bit sluggish or you can't really get those sales at the moment, then go back. It's because you're out of alignment somewhere, but go back, go back to the beginning. So thank you so Mm. much for sharing that with us. Now you've also just gone through those five steps of knowing your niche, your price, your brand, your message, your marketing system, and your sales system. 
Mm-hmm. And you spoke about how that's the basis of business jam. Do you want to just talk a little bit about that? Because I know that you're about to go into a launch of that as well. Yeah, sure. So this is, I guess, what we I'd call your foundational strategy. Um, you know, and when you have that, then you can apply whatever you want on top. What we'd like see at the tip of the iceberg, the stuff that you can see visibly. So you can choose your tactics. You can choose what is going to work for you. And honestly, all those decisions are so much easier once you've got that alignment there. But these five pieces are, you know, essential. Every business has them. Whether you know that you have a marketing system or not, you have one. It might not be particularly good. Same with your sales system. <laughs> you know, if you're out there and you're in business, as in you're you're operating and you're there for people to buy, um, whether it's working or not, you still have one. Um, the the thing is about just simplifying it down. I find that usually we've dived headfirst into business and we're we're just like oh, on on social media, drinking from the fire hydrant. There's a million things I should be doing. Oh my god, you know, I've got to. Have have this and that and got to have all these things and do it all and it's like okay let's just breathe for a moment because we don't have to have it perfect right from the beginning we don't have to have everything like I'm a you know one of my things that we work on in business jam that my clients love is like I'm, I'm like the MVP there's minimum viable product so it's not about you know waiting till you've got all the bells and whistles and everything whiz bang and getting out there it's like what is the fastest path like what is it we're trying to achieve and what's the fastest path of getting there let's make it a two-step process to begin with <laughs> then we can add a third step then we can add a fourth step we can kind of expand the middle and make it more optimized make it more complex as we go when it suits us but if it's working when it's only two or three steps why on earth would we try to complicate it by adding in more you know let's not create an eight to ten step thing so it's about that it's it's just about getting simple getting alignment and you know I think for me one of the biggest reasons why this is so important is because when we are aligning you know your pricing and packaging like your service offering with the rest it is about you actually being able to have the outcome in terms of revenue that you want for your business and where a lot of people have, you know, approached their pricing from the external market, as I said before, looking at what other people are doing and then trying to compare themselves and put themselves somewhere in the scale of what they see out there. You know, when you're doing that, as opposed to taking a, a pricing approach that is different, it's it's about alignment, yes, with your niche, but actually also alignment with yourself. And what is your vision for your business? How do you want it to operate? How often do you want to be working? What's your lifestyle goals? When we can build all that into your way that we figure out your formula for your pricing, then you get a business that's giving you the outcome that you want. And it's so easy. Now, if you're like, well, I want to be making 10K months and part-time hours. Great. Okay. How are we going to get you there? Much easier than like, here's a price for a service that I've created based off what everyone else is doing. And now I've got to try to figure out how I'm getting to the 10K months. But then when we add up all the numbers, it's like, well, you need to work at like a 70 hour week to get there. Um, Clearly it's never going to happen, you know? So that's, it's some stuff like that. That's, you know, I'd say it's not hard, but it's often what a lot of people are missing. Like they're Mm -hmm. kind of diving straight to the end and they haven't built the strategy with the the right questions and the right foundation and getting that alignment happening. So I'm very passionate about it. That's what Business Jam is all about. For me, you know, business these days, we are so lucky we're in this world with technology, um, so much technology. And it's about, for me, efficient 
um, you know, automated business as much as possible, but without losing the customer experience. Yeah. But you can leverage so much technology these days that means you don't have to be doing this manually. Like while I'm asleep, you know, people are, you know, downloading freebies, booking and calls, doing all sorts of stuff. I'm not physically there doing any of it. It's just happening behind the scenes. Um, you know, and it's not hard to do a lot of that, but there's often some real quick wins in creating um, streamlined sort of templated processes within your business. And it's another reason for niching, by the way, because when you are not customizing everything for every different client, um, you know, you can actually create um, streamlined processes and yeah. remove all this time that you're spending in the business you don't need to be, which means that you get that outcome of, hey, I've got more time to spend with my family or for myself and go to the gym and all those things, you know, remember why we started our business in the first place. It was usually all that vision. It's like, yes, actually have that now. Love it. I love it so much, Jessica. And I know quite a few people who have done Business Jam and they absolutely love it. So I will make sure that I pop the link to Business Jam in the show notes as well. Before we wrap up today, Jessica, we've mm -hmm. had such an amazing conversation and we have talked a lot about niching and the, the powers of niching, but I always ask my guests, I love it when women um, own and use their superpowers. So what would you say is your superpower? <laughs> Great question. And I was sort of toying around with two different things there. So I'm like, oh, I'm going to say two and not just one, but <laughs> you can if you want to. Um, yeah. Well, we've already talked about one. Like people call me the niche ninja, like my students <laughs> <laughs> came out through business jam. Um, have called me that. And I guess it's because as we've just been talking about, like I go really full on with niching strategy because I know just how well it works and, mm -hmm. and I've got such great results for so many people when they follow that process through. So that's definitely one of my superpowers, I'd say, is helping someone to actually really discover the right niche for them. But the other one I think is something that I love to post about a lot and it's like less work, more life you know, just being, making it simple instead of doing all of the things, like actually picking and choosing what is strategically the best thing to do. How can I leverage? You know, I've got so much stuff that's leveraged in my business and particularly with content. I know you'll love this, Mel, because you're <laughs> the content queen, but it's like, well, if I put time and effort into creating a piece of content, it's not just that one thing that goes up once and is gone. You know, I repurpose it. It turns into, you know, if I've done a live on my Instagram, it might turn into a podcast episode it might also turn into emails it turns into social media posts I put that in stories I actually share it onto the other social platforms even though I created it on one like why can't I put it on the others for me it's like well instead of it being all or nothing for me it's all or something so I'm like I could do that I could go all in or hey I've already got this and I could just use it and know that it's not 100% perfect but it's better than doing nothing right it's better than having nothing out there so I totally apply this 100% of the time in my life in my business I'm like it's all or something if I've got something I'm going to use it and you know I'm just about efficiency and you know I want to be spending my life doing the things I enjoy like I don't you know, have, pick up my kids after school. I don't put them in after school care and all of those things because I don't want to. And I've designed my business to be able to enable me to do that. So it's all about less work, more life. <laughs> oh my goodness. And what a beautiful way to end the episode, Jessica, on that thought that our businesses can, um, you know, help us create that lifestyle that we really want. And I, I really commend you that that's your superpower. That's awesome. So <laughs> thank you so much for coming on the podcast today and sharing your wisdom with my listeners. I truly appreciate you being here. 
Thank you so much, Mel. I've really enjoyed it. As always, we always have a good chat. And um, thank you for listening in, everybody. Thanks so much for listening. That's it for another week. To get more powerful content in your life, make sure you're following along on socials. My handle is at Meld Business. And just in case you're wondering, the groovy music for this podcast was created by Just Here on SoundCloud. I'd also be super grateful if you took a moment to rate and review this podcast so more amazing women like you can experience the power of content. And if you're like, hell Mel, stop talking. I'm ready to work with you now. Here's how we can work some powerful content magic together. Firstly, come and join the content effect. My membership, Inspiring Women with Service-Based Businesses to ditch the content chaos and start creating standout content that gets you noticed and makes sales. You can join us by using the link in the show notes or just Google the content effect. The second way we can work together is via my one-on-one packages. We can create a sustainable content strategy or start to build out your client journey. It's up to you. Pop on over to meldbusinessservices.com.au forward slash services to find out more. Until next time, have a beautiful week and embrace the power of your content.